you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to a Game 7 Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Celtics Sixers Game 7 Best Bets. Nothing better than those two words, Game 7. We're going to give you all the props, all the sides, all the totals, all the stuff you need to know. We're going to give you all the trends. I have so many trends for you on Game 7s because it's such a unique circumstance. And to help me break it down, we got Sean Little from MSG Networks. You can follow him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. And as always, or at least 90% of the time, NBA Futures Analyst Brandon Anderson. You can follow him on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Gents, we're going to go through and give our best bets for this episode. A reminder that everyone can find all of the great information we give here in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You get up the second information where the bets and the money are coming in on. You can track line movement. That's always important to see where are these things headed to, where have they been, and where are they going, uh, as well as we got Green Dot Daily, all sorts of cool stuff. If you are listening to this and you have not yet, there is a WNBA season preview in your feed right now. If you are somebody that has bet WNBA before, you know how awesome it is because it is an extremely soft market that you can take a lot of advantage on. If you are not somebody, I implore you to go listen to that episode. You're going to get lots of great stuff from Maria Marino and Jim Turvey setting up the WNBA season. Go Liberty. Go, go, go Liberty. (laughs) A little bit of go Mystics. Boo Aces. After being so in on the Aces last year, I have completely thrown them out of the car and I'm I'm all in on the Liberty this season. Uh, Stewie is the GOAT. Go listen to that right now. All right, gents, let's get to it. Game seven. We don't know when this game is going to be. We're recording this on Friday morning, so we don't know if it's going to be the three thirty slot or the late night slot. That's kind of an interesting twist on this. I don't know how to really what to make of it. The Celtics have not been good in early games this year. Something to keep in mind. Let's go ahead and go around the table, Brandon. Let's start with you. What are your best bets for Game Seven, Celtics Sixers? Game seven, guys, time to play the hits. I'm fading the Sixers just like I have all season, all franchise with this version of the team. Give me the Celtics to win and cover at the seven. Give me a same game, 
Celtics by double digits and James Harden under 17 and a half. That's an alt under. You got to combine that one out there plus 400. And if we're playing the hits, give me James Harden's over turnovers. Give me vase hand Jalen Brown's over turnovers. Let's go. All right. Lots of vase hands going on in this one. Uh, Sean Little, what's your best bet for game seven? Boston Celtics team total over 105 and a half. It is statement closeout. We are the potential best team in the NBA for the Boston Celtics. Even though I don't believe that, I think they're going to come out and try to make a make a statement here to close out the series. I'll go over 105 and a half team total Boston Celtics. All right. I am going to play Celtics minus seven. I am going to play the under 202 and a half. Uh, and I'm going to get in and join Brandon on a turnovers prop, and I'm going to play Joel Embiid over three and a half turnovers plus 115, <laughs> where you can get that in. The we world. expect a clean game, boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see where we want to start here. I want to start. I, I Let me go first this time. I never go first. I'm going to go first because it kind of set the table. I got pretty I, – I am a, a basic bitch on this one, and I'm taking very simple bits, bets on this one. Home teams win game sevens. Okay. Last 10 all time since 2003. Home teams 42 and 18 straight up, 32 and 28 against the spread for 53%. An interesting trend that I want to go ahead and talk about. Last 10 years, that's gone to 20 and 11 straight up, 13 and 18 against the spread for home teams in game seven. In the last five years, since 2018, eight and 10 straight up for the home team, four and 14 against the spread so we have a historical trend that was really strong over the last 20 years but has radically started shifting in the other direction i would be more hesitant on laying the points if it weren't for two things one brandon i don't know if you know this but this season and over the last three seasons if you have one you have covered in the playoffs so if we look at the data uh, this season, let's just do this season right now because we have a big enough sample size. If you have won in these playoffs, you have covered at roughly 80% of the time. So if we kind of look at how this has gone on, there's a real reason to go ahead and just lay the points. This season, uh, favorites that have won, 46-1 and at 87% against the spread. So I got that. Second is just like, for me, this is returning to the core of what the cap was. The Celtics should not have lost three games in the series. They should have lost two. I took my best bet for this for the season series preview was Sixers plus two and a half because I was just like, the Celtics are going to fuck around. They're going to lose two games. So I already won those bets. Yay me. The, the Celtics are better. This is a better team. They've been better all year. They've owned the Sixers historically. And Bede's had lots of trouble in this one. And Bede's had lots of lots of trouble with this team. This continues to be a real issue. We don't know what we're getting from James Harden game to game. We just don't know what we're going to get from James Harden um, in, in these games throughout the playoffs. We just really don't know what they're going to do. So uh, all that said, to me, there's real reason to go ahead and lay the points. I'm taking the under because let's go over the numbers for that because those are even more compelling. Um, since 2003, unders are 36 and 24, 80%. Since 2013, last 10 years, 17 and 14. And in the last five years, game sevens are 13 and five. So we have a very healthy perspective on this. Um, oh, I have one more for you. Since 2003, in a game seven, when the team had to win on the road in game six, 12 and six straight up, 
10 and six against the spread, 55%. So that's like an outlier to that trend that we saw going the other way. And the under 13 and five, these are all trends. There is a certain point to where Sean and we'll go to you next. I understand all the reasons to go the other way here, but just like there are certain things the market can never accurately account for. This is one of them. We see this with the bounce back spot that we've been playing. You know, you lose that game one at home. We play the, the second, that first half in the next game, full game in the next game. You lose the first two, you play that first half in game three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are certain things the market simply, they cannot move the power rating and the totals adjustments, the projections far enough for. They can't do it for game seven. There's no way to accurately model a game seven because it's so much of an outlier. And we see this time and time again with it being an absolute rock fight. So, Sean, why in the fuck are you taking an over on a team total (laughs) in a game seven? Hit me. Yeah, Boston Celtics over 105 and a half on the team total in Boston game seven. One more trend for 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 you guys just before I jump in to to bounce off Matt. Since 2011, not including bubble teams, home teams that are favorites of five or more, which the Celtics are here in this spot, as we know, 14 and 10 ATS, 19 and five straight up. Mm. So when the number is uh, that we, we always talk about, we're starting to get towards those key numbers in basketball of over one possession. Five plus is, you know, we, we start to get into a range where teams can can fold up and not file towards any games. That's a 14 and 10 ATS is, is not a bad number there. 19 and five straight up. So it, it kind of goes in the same lane of home teams in game sevens don't lose. And when you start to see a bigger number there, I, I, I tend to agree. So why I'm taking it over here is purely on the fact that I saw something at the end of the game, just like everybody else did where it was still an eight-point game with 90 seconds left, and Philadelphia had given up. They had folded up in the fourth quarter. I'm going to talk about some of these fourth-quarter numbers as well. But they had given up. And the funny part is Boston – it felt like Boston was dead in the third quarter. And we were – I had already moved on to to how I knew this was going to happen. This is the Boston – this is is the Celtics (laughs) – They've shown us these these stripes all year long. Here we are in the third quarter. Jason Tatum is playing one of the worst games I've ever seen from a perennial first-team All-NBA guy. He was doing the other things. He wasn't disengaged, but offensively, he was horrendous. He couldn't get it going. It completely flipped in the fourth quarter. And if you remember, you could go back. There's been a couple times in the series where Joel Embiid had to get a, a, a pep talk from P.J. Tucker. Then we get into a game at home where this is the opportunity to get it done. You guys don't show up in the fourth quarter. I want to go through some of these. 11 points in the fourth. I'm not including that that garbage bucket at the end of the game. <laughs> Embiid is three for six, six points. Maxi, Harden, Melton combined for one, uh, one for 11 from the four. Maxi's the only guy that scores any points. He has five. That's the, that's the entire 11 right there. And then we know uh, Embiid didn't touch the ball to close the game. He talked about it. In the press conference, Embiid saying, yeah, I didn't get the ball was like like something that we would say from from us sitting in the 100 level. Like, I love yeah. it. He's and playing he the hits, Sean, throwing teammates under the bus. It's yeah, well and time, it. baby. MVP, MVP. <laughs> so all that all this stuff wraps into why, why I'm looking at the Sixers here. Tobias Harris, he plays 11-23 in the fourth quarter. He was a zero. On the uh, uh, at least impactfully, he had he he did play a little bit of defense in the fourth, but two uncontested rebounds, no points, no shot attempts, no assists. 
The Sixers have already won two games on the road in this series. I cannot see it happening three times, especially in a game seven. Tatum closing that game the way he did. Brogdon shooting it the way he did. We know the numbers when they shoot 42, uh, 40 plus percent from the three-point land. They shot 43%. I think they show up in this game and do the exact same thing at home and absolutely crush the notion that the Philadelphia 76ers even ever had a chance in this series. Because if they go out and get a big W, which I think the, the Boston Celtics are going to do here now just because of all the things I just laid out, we're not even going to remember Philly having a chance in this spot. It's going to be like, yeah, you know, Boston ended up getting it done at home in a game seven. I think they go out there, score 27, 28 points a quarter. I think they tuck these boys away. Uh, I, I can't lay the seven and a half, seven, because it's against my morals because of what I've seen <laughs> from the Boston Celtics in so many different spots, but I can't count on them offensively. They, they did shoot it extremely well. I expect that to carry over. As, as as stupid as this sounds coming from me from the things that I've said about the Celtics, that that was the the bit of the final wake-up call. I think they were really feeling like they were about to get eliminated and Philly just capitulated down the stretch. I think they show up big at home, close this out, and the window's there. They're going to be the favorite in the Eastern Conference Finals. They'll probably be the favorite in the finals. Uh, I think they come out and and do what they do on offense. I'll take – the Celtics over 105 and a half team total minus 110. Why aren't you just taking the Celtics here? I think the number is too precise, to be honest. With, with with it at being seven, seven and a half, I've seen that some spots, with the total being as low as it is, um, it's it, it it's very that seems very sharp to me. I I, I see I, I see a, a clear lane, in my opinion, for the Celtics to go out there and get busy on offense rather than cover the big number, but I also didn't want to pick the Celtics, so I'll take the team total. So uh, I look this up. Team totals at home game seven over has hit 44% of the time. But while you were talking, I was like, well, I need to look this up as well because this is part of his cap as he thinks that the Celtics are going to win this game. When it's game seven and the home team has won, they've gone over on the team total in 24 of 43 for 56%. So there's yeah, like what, layers here on this cap of if we want to look at it from this perspective, like we want to put like a like a narrative thing because a lot of times with trends you need to explain what it means. The trend is basically here is look, yes, teams tend to go under, teams tend to score less than their than their team total, but the home team that wins tends to go over more often. So it's basically like if the home team is gonna if you like the Sixers in this spot. You should absolutely parlay that with a Celtics under 105 and a half, like based off of the off of the trends. Like maybe this is just a game where it's like a normal game. Maybe this is the rare game seven that's like a normal basketball game. And it's just like our normal one, 115, 110, right? But based off of the historical trends, the play is probably if you like the Sixers, you should probably play Sixers to win money line and then parlay that with Celtics under on 105. Like that's probably Celtics. Celtics 25, 15, and one to the over in the regular season. I think the 12 p.m. tip is also in their favor. Uh, I like the Celtics here to score 106. All right, Brandon, you've been very patient, and I appreciate you being being patient. I got a Sean question before we move on from his pick. Sean, if the Celtics don't cover, so let's call it a five-point game or less. We're gonna It's going to be close in the final two minutes. Do you still like Boston to win? Um, That's a really tough question, B.A., because overall throughout the year – I would 
say no. The crunch time minutes and the numbers support that. They are just extremely disorganized on offense. But if I then now have to count on Harden, who has been tough, he has he's obviously been able to facilitate. I would say yes. But to answer the question and not and not da- dance around it, I would say still, even if it comes down, it's a five six point game. Boston is is, is going to be able to hold on, I believe, just because. I think the punch that Philly took last night is going to be too, too much to handle. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It it does feel like, and, and I'll, I'll get into my cap here, but it does feel like this is a, it feels like a Philly money line or Boston cover spot to me. I think, I think those are the two plays. If you like Philly to keep it close, we've seen it. We've seen them win two close games. We didn't see it in game six. So it's what's freshest in our mind, but the numbers from the year and a lot of history tell us Boston is not good in those clutch spots. And that offense does not like, look, it wasn't great offense. It was just Jason Tatum shot one for a trillion and then hit four threes when they matter. Tough threes, hard shots. (laughs) So normally my pick is going to be analysis based every now and then you guys know, I do like a spot pick. Okay. This is the spot for whatever. This is neither. This is what your old friend told you, Matt, that you've brought up on this pod over and over again. I'm going to bet the narrative. And the narrative here is that the Sixers lose game seven. James Harden loses game seven. Joel Embiid loses game seven. And the Boston Celtics win. Here's the numbers. Home teams all time in game seven. In NBA history, 76% win rate. Boston Celtics at home in their history, 21 and five. Boston does not lose at home in game seven. That's 81%. And yeah, sure, Bill Russell probably got a lot of those. Bill Russell's numbers on the court, they're going to win for Bill Russell. So I'm counting all those in on our trend. So that's the historic. Game seven all-time, Boston, 26-9, and home or away. That is 10 more game seven wins than any other franchise, 74% win rate. Philadelphia, game seven all-time, 6-11. and Most game seven losses in NBA history. 35% win rate. Philadelphia has not beat Boston in a series since 1982. Boston five, Philly two in game seven. So that's the historic stuff about the guys who are actually playing, the ones that matter, right? Boston's core. Smart, Jalen Brown, obviously Tatum. I think he came a game late to this one. That core is five and one in game sevens since 2017. They screw around, they play with their meat. And then they win when it actually matters. <laughs> Marcus Smart has been really good in the game sevens. It's a team thing. The team has showed up. And by the way, Al Horford, six and two in game sevens. Some of that with Boston, some of that with Atlanta. Atlanta, she won some game sevens. The only loss he had actually with Atlanta was to Boston. So those guys win. Who doesn't win? Joel Embiid and James Harden. Here's James Harden's game seven numbers. Hide your, uh, put some earmuffs over the kids, guys. <laughs> 28 and 81 shooting for his lifetime in game seven, sub 35% from the field, seven of 41 three pointers, 17%. We're going to be watching James Harden brick step back fadeaway threes all game long. He's averaged 23 points a game, but 38% of those points came at the free throw line. We know he's not getting to the line as much anymore. So I don't like Harden to do well here. Here's the game by game. 5 of 17, 4 of 15, 12 of 29, 7 of 20. James Harden, that's that. Matt, what do you got? 
Uh, what's the record for James Harden in Game Sevens? They're two and two. I'm getting there. It's on my list. They uh, are two and two. And two. They've. I got him as three and two. I don't know. I have I have two and two. He did have in those games. Well, we'll get back to the turnovers. His teams have done all right. One of those losses, he was to the Elite Warriors team, and we remember that game. One of those losses came in overtime. So his teams yeah. two and two. I got the I got the numbers. It's uh, 2011 Thunder beat the Grizzlies in Game Seven. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm counting. I think I just counted only the games where he was the starter as well. Starter, yeah. So yeah, Thunder Game Seven. He gets the win. Uh, Rockets Clippers 2015. He was famously benched in that Game Six, but they got the win in Game Seven. Rockets Warriors in 2018. Yep. They lose that Game Seven when the Supporting guys went 0 of 22, uh, lost, missed 22 straight threes. Rockets Thunder in the bubble. That's a win. And then the Nets lost game seven versus the Bucks. Uh, Harden actually did play in that game uh, and they lost yeah. that one. That's his three. And I believe the, the Thunder one, I believe, if I remember right, didn't he have the game clinching block at the end? Didn't he have yes. the, the manual block, I believe, yep. to help clinch? Yep. So look, J- James Harden is an all time great. The number, the shooting percentages in game seven have not shown up. Joel Embiid, 0-2 in game seven. Yep. Here's a here's a nice little trend for you. 2019, Mother's Day. Game seven, Philadelphia plays the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard goes boom, 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 boom. Shot goes in. End of season, Joel Embiid. 2021, Father's Day. Ben Simmons decides not to dunk the ball against the Atlanta Hawks. The Sixers are out in game seven. 2023 Mother's Day. Every two years on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day, the Sixers come to die. This is what's going to happen. Boston's going to win. I think the most likely scenario is Boston hits some of their threes. We've seen how that goes. We've seen the run come. And I think you're right, Sean. I don't think this Philadelphia team has the medal to punch back. I think we saw that. We've seen in the past. We saw that literally in game six, they quit on their home court when the game was still in reach. And I just have to bet that. I have to bet that that's the most likely outcome to happen here. This is a very trends and narrative heavy podcast right now because, and look, part of this is when you get to a game seven, you're out of adjustments. Like it, it, it really just does become like who hits more shots. And in game sevens, it's usually like who hits like three shots because nobody makes anything. Um, you know what's interesting? I used, uh, now like I, I can't, I'm not going to like, I won't re- I won't put this into an article because I can't trust it. Um, I used actually chat GPT um, and I asked it to actually give me some help on what does game six and game seven look like relative to these other games. And what you, what the trend seems to be is a, is a slower pace relative to game six. Game sixes have gone under, by the way, I play a lot of game six unders. Um, The pace is a little bit slower. The free throw rate is actually a little bit up which I think is one of the things is it stagnates some of that is like the, there's no flow to these games. They're real herky jerky stop and go. So I think that's kind of part of it. The other thing here is just like, it's interesting from the perspective of Boston's defense when it's bad, it's terrible. Like Brandon, we, before we came on, Brandon was like, we should talk about like, what if the Sixers were to win this game? What does it look like? Like, that's what it looks like is, is the Celtics defense. Once again, shuts the bed. Like, that's what it looks like it to me. Like, I would honestly say that you could play Celtics and then under and Sixers and then over and feel pretty good about it. Like, is there a chance that like both teams just hit threes and the Celtics bomb from three? Sure. But like, to me, the Sixers only path is if this is an over game. 
Uh, and it's not that the Sixers defense is bad. It's just that the Celtics defense is better, right? The Celtics Sixers have had a really good defense this season. I have not given them enough credit. The problem is that they had to, they had to win that game yesterday. They had it. They had a lead in the fourth quarter at home in a closeout game. You had it. Tatum was shook. You he was just dead. had to close. He was he was dead. It can't be under. He was <laughs> dust. It yeah. was bleak. And we were getting ready to see a fourth quarter like B.A. laid out where they don't know what. Oh, my, oh no. Jason Tatum's not hitting any shots. What are we yeah. going to do on offense? And it was getting ready to be an ugly scene. He hits that jumper over Joel Embiid in the corner. And it just... That people say it all the time. You hear all the guys, former NBAers. Let me just see it go through the basket. Why do you think players go up there and try to knock balls yeah. on dead balls through the net, out of and off the rim? It's that exact thing. Jason Tatum really needed to see it go through. Once it went through, he put his head down. He was like, "Okay." I at least am going to be able to, to to get some shots up. I honestly think, fellas, he misses that shot against Joel Embiid. I don't think he takes another shot the rest of the game almost, unless he was wide open. I think he was getting ready to be like, look, I just – I'm done. I don't have it. He was, it he was making weird ch- turnovers. He had like yeah. a wild shot. Oh, the shot whole up. thing. Yeah, it was it was a disaster. So <laughs> Yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Like, I have to give him a little credit. I've, I've compared Jason Tatum to Paul George in the past, and we know about Paul George's playoff foibles. It takes something to keep shooting. It takes yeah. something to take that shot against Embiid. And like, because maybe you go 0-4 and, and the Celtics go out and now Jason Tatum finishes 1 of 20 and we're roasting him today. And, and everywhere on me, like, you got to give credit to getting the shot up and demanding it still, even when it had been awful the whole game. Um, one tactical thing I will say, a lot of the series has come down to how Boston is guarding the pick and roll on Harden Embiid. And... That isn't a tactical thing so much in pick and roll coverage is what you decide to do, where you pull guys from, how hard do you tag the roller, et cetera. With the Celtics, it really quite honestly is just like, are they two steps back? Or are they two steps forward? When they interrupt that pocket pass for Harden, um, I have watched more James Harden pick and roll possessions than any other thing in basketball because of all the MVP stuff I've done. I've watched so I know everything he wants to do. And in beat in particular, the spacing is very important, but I need to, this is not a knock. It's just a thing. Embiid's not good if he's not getting to the exact spot he wants in that situation. That mid-range shot, he wants to get to, to free throw line corner every single, like he needs to be in the spot for that. He has a face-up triple threat jumper from deeper on the wing. But that pick and roll is every time they want to get to him in that one specific spot. And when Horford or Williams is good about anticipating that, and they're and they also the other thing they really started doing, which was really effective in game in game six, is they started bringing the double on the pass. Like Harden is dangerous when you don't know who he's going to pass to. Harden has to give him the ball. He has to like you got to get. Got to get keep the big man involved because otherwise you're going to get thrown under the bus post game. So if you know that pass is coming, the Celtics can anticipate it. And I think they'll get a little bit better on it um, in game seven. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Give me the Celtics by double digits and Harden. Same game prop. Yeah, so I, I like on game sevens. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface, but I like to do what I do and narrow the bat down. I like to kind of build, okay, what do I think is game seven? What are the two or three things that have to happen for my script to go my way? And then how do I bet that specific thing? So I'm going to give you the Boston version and I'm going to give you a Philadelphia version that I might actually bet as kind of a hedge because look, we're all picking Boston. I don't think any of us think Philadelphia can't win. If anything... I think within our language is admitting that this line maybe is a little bit long. Maybe that the line should be a point or two shorter, but we're betting the narrative anyway, and we're betting the Matt Mitchell stat, and we're taking the Celtics. But I think the Sixers are in this. Celtics, if they stop James Harden, and Harden does not have one of those big games, I think that's what leads to the, the quit factor in the team. Harden scored 45 and 42 in the series. His other four games, 12, 16, 17, and 13. So the, the traditional points line for him is 20 and a half. I want an alt under. So under 17 and a half, he's been under that all four of those games. And then you combine that with the Celtics double digit win, which I think, how do I get there? I get Harden's not showing up. The shots aren't falling. The Sixers are getting frustrated. And then we get that like mid fourth quarter, that possession you talked about, Sean, that one spot where they just don't even get back. And all of a sudden, they're all in their heads and they're like, Harden's thinking about Houston this summer and Joel Embiid's thinking about trade destinations. And we get like an in-game one, two, three Cancun. I'm sorry, but that is extremely on, in play for Philadelphia here. So I actually would rather play the Celtics by double digits and the Harden alt under. That's a plus 400 because I think there's a better than 20% chance of that hitting rather than taking like a 50-50 shot on whether I'm going to get the cover or not. Here's the Philadelphia angle. Matt, you talked about Williams being on the court. Obviously, Time Lord started this game. That was the big tactical switch here. He was pretty good, right? The numbers are pretty good. On court for the game, played 28 minutes, plus 18. This game has three days off before, Thursday to Sunday, and then three days off after. Game one is Wednesday. 
So we're going to get all the Time Lord minutes he can handle, all the minutes for all the stars. Like, don't, if you can bet unders on bench guys, this is the game for it. We're going to get stars playing all that they can. One thing that happened a lot, Time Lord, the way he played defensively, is he's on P.J. Tucker, he's helping off of P.J. Tucker. Tucker played 20 minutes and got seven of threes up. He's going to keep shooting. He's going to be open in this game. So here's my Philly play. This is kind of my hedge angle. Philly on the money line, not just to cover. We like them to win if it stays close. I do. I guess I'll speak for myself. P.J. Tucker, two three-pointers. He hit two of seven. He's going to get the shots. And I think Tyrese Maxey has to be the X factor. He is running pick and rolls besides just Harden doing that. He's had his shots up the last couple of games. His three-point attempts are very high. So Maxi over 20 and a half, Tucker two threes, Philly on the money line is an 11 to one. Again, I think that that number is too long for the scenario where Philadelphia wins because not Embiid and Harden did it all. I don't think that's the way Philly went. So those guys are gonna have to do their stuff. I think it's because Maxi showed up and Tucker hit a few shots and the other guys actually did it. So it didn't have to just be Joel and James do everything. And God forbid Tobias Harris earns selling his $36 million <laughs> and adds a few few hey, plays Tol- in there as well. Toby's been Toby's been really good in these playoffs, and Toby was good when, when Joel Embiid was not available. I will not stand here and suffer Toby. He gets a lot of grief considering what he has to deal with on a, on a yearly basis. He gets paid handsomely for, for a little bit sure. of grief. Uh, <laughs> Brian, I'll look this up. 27 of 64 Game 7 since 2003 have gone double digits. So it's a low percentage play. You're getting the plus 400 with the Harden under. Um, this is why the, the line is really annoying. And we've been like, we've been, compl- you and I have, have been in group chats with our friend Raheem Palmer from the ringer. And like, we're complaining about the spread, like every game where it's just like, really seven, seven points for the Celtics. And like the, I don't know where this power rating is coming from. Like, I just do not know where a seven point, like now here's the problem. The Celtics in this series are three and O ATS when they win. So like, the Matt Mitchell trend continues to be here. It's the only reason I'm taking Celtics minus seven. Like it literally is the only reason if this were a normal basketball game outside the context of the playoffs, like a regular season, just like a big game, I'd absolutely be on the Sixers. What are you fucking kidding me? That there's seven point dogs in a series where they, they are even with them, but teams that win cover. And so like now that's seven and you're playing 10. And so I'm like, that's where I was thinking. I was, I was yeah. like, well, okay. Historically teams don't win by double digits. But then I'm like, but also it's already seven. So we're only talking about eight and nine right. as a miss. So um, and, and also, mean, they won by nine last night, right? Like, yeah, we, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I did. I did this exact yeah. margin. I took, I can't remember which game, but like a week or two ago on buckets, I tried to talk us into a double digit win instead of a seven. And I think the team won by eight or nine. So, so it can happen. It clearly can happen. However, Matt, you said 27 out of 64 game sevens have been double digits. That's not good. It's 42%. It's actually pretty good to me. If I'm getting double digits at a plus number, 42% is not a bad number here. I I don't need to be 50%. This is the Brandon thing. This is give me a lower percentage outcome with a higher payout and I'll take my chances. So I I probably end up playing actually the Boston and the Philly version of my plus 400 and plus 1100. I'm going to play both sides of a game seven at a smaller unit and kind of try to narrow in on the thing I think might happen because game sevens are hard to predict and we might just be wrong with everything. <laughs> Going yeah, into I game don't... six, big yeah. things at stake for the Celtics. Like we were talking about Missoula and could it be one and done and Tatum and everything. Yeah. 
they get the W, they answer, end up answering the bell if if the Sixers folded or not. Now it feels like a just massive overall thing for James Harden and Bede. We know about Doc coming into this game oh, yeah. seven. So oh, it, yeah, it, it, there's a lot yeah. going on. In this game. There's a lot going on in this in, in this game, and I feel like it's very very heavy for the Sixers as yeah. well. So that they they got to show up and compete, and that that also. Is, is another reason why I lean to the team total over. They should be able to push Boston at least a little bit here. We'll see how it shakes. Brandon, I need a 30-second cap on the turnovers. Yeah, they're real fast. Jalen Brown, Mr. Vase Hand, over two and a half turnovers, eight of 12 playoff games. So I like that one. James Harden, over two and a half turnovers in six of 10 playoff games. It's actually not great because we're juiced pretty heavily here, but those four game sevens, four, four, five, and seven turnovers, I tell you what, I would rather take an over three and a half turnovers and really just go in on this at like a better, a plus number probably if you can find it. But I like Harden to get the three, Jalen to get the three. Matt, what was your turnovers play? Joel Embiid, which is his is actually higher than Harden's at three and a half plus 115. So it's the opposite, right? You either have to play Harden, uh, lay in juice or getting juice with Embiid. I'll take the three and a half. Joel turns the ball over a lot versus Boston. This has been a trend. <laughs> yeah, the, the cap is pretty simple on these. These guys turn the ball over. So it's game seven and we're going to get some sloppy turnovers. I agree. All right, it's got to do it for buckets for game seven. Thanks for joining us. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. Make sure to download the Action Network app. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Chicago Flow. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. I'm at HP Basketball. Action Network is at Action Network HQ. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the Game 7s. Programming note, recording this on Friday morning. If Friday night the Knicks or Warriors extend to a Game 7, we will have a late-night episode. Brandon and I are going to give you a Game 7 best, best episode for those games as well. That'll be in your feed on Saturday. Enjoy your Saturday, rare night without basketball. We'll see you guys again on Monday as we sort through. We'll move on to the Conference Finals Series previews. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.